Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning! Diarrhea! It's time to wake up! It's five, and we're live! Oh, is this thing on? I don't care, I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports. On 95.7, the game. Come on. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Steven Langford in on the pregame show. Hope you're having a terrific Thursday morning. We got a lot to get into today. Want to start off with some baseball as the Giants get the win over the Mets. 5-2 to two was your final. And there's plenty to talk about from that game because I think the Giants showed every face that they have. If that makes sense. That's a metaphor I'm trying to go with here. They showed everything in yesterday's game, so I do want to get to that. Debo Samuel, what is happening with him? Because we had the conversation yesterday, really from 5.40 all the way till the end of the show, and there's been a lot more of a development with Debo Samuel that we have to get into today. Plus, we got the Warriors, we got the Nuggets. It's Game 3 in Denver tonight, tip time at 7 o'clock. Can't wait for that one, as we also had some fun basketball matchups last night that I do want to recap a little bit. But that's all coming up in the show. I want to start off talking about the Giants, though, because at the beginning of the season, they were having trouble getting runs on the board early, at least in the first couple of games. In that first series, rather. And they needed to do something to pick it up when they were playing against the Padres. And then they had that game where they opened it up with a six-run lead. And it's it's perfect. You're setting it up for the newly acquired, and now on the IL, Alex Cobb. All right, here we go. And you realize that is the formula right now. you got to get runs on the board early because... The bullpen, although very reliable. I mean, Tyler Rogers, Jake McGee, Camilo Doval, they all got some really good stuff. And then the rest, you know, you got your Dominic Leone and Harleen Garcia and those guys who are also in the bullpen. John Brebia, who's been getting a lot of work this year. But there have been some shaky outings. And last night, to me, I know that the Giants had a big lead. But the end of that game... It had me scared because I wasn't sure what to expect with Tyler Rogers. That slider, uh, it looked like guys were making some contact on it. It wasn't good contact, but good enough contact to where they were able to get a hit. But that bullpen last night, as Rogers gave up an earned run, Jake McGee comes in for the save, and he didn't look to have his location down. And it got to the point where it was almost a double play, but then, you know, the the Mets ended up uh, challenging it, called Marte safe at first. There were two outs already. Then he strikes out Lindor, and you're good. You're out of the you're out of the game there, and you get the five two win. But it did not feel safe in the back third of that game. 
Now, in the first five innings, when you got a guy like Carlos Rodon, a guy like Logan Webb, someone like Alex Wood and Anthony DeSclafani, I think those guys can pitch with some sort of lead and pitch with confidence and maintain that lead. So to me, the formula for this Giants team is get the runs on the board as your starting pitchers are still on the mound. While also getting a good outing from your starting pitcher. Rodon was no slouch. Five innings pitched, three hits, and eight Ks, and he only walked two. But this rotation is looking so good right now that you got to give them some sort of run support early. And I know that's maybe the most obvious point in the world is, hey, you got to give them run support early. But it feels crucial because if you don't, I don't know about these games in the back third. Now, they've, 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 they've definitely squeaked out some close ones. But yesterday was a little too close to my liking, at least toward the end there when they were getting runners on base and it feels like they were squandering opportunities because the Mets have a good lineup. Uh, but with all that being said, very impressive for the lineup to get on the board early when they're going up against a guy like Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett had a sub-1 ERA going into this game. And yesterday, you know, he you give up a single, you give up a walk. Uh, all of a sudden, you got two runners on. Jock Peterson hits the double to make it one to nothing. Brandon Crawford hits him in to make it 2 nothing. Wilmer Flores hits him in. To make it 3 nothing, so three straight at-bats, a double, a single, and a single, and all of those coming on an 0-1 count for Jock, a 1-1 count for Brandon Crawford, and an 0-1 count for Wilmer Flores. So they were wasting no time. They made a point that Chris Bassett is going to throw strikes, so just swing the bat. Swing the bat, and maybe some good things will happen. Chris Bassett certainly has some swing and miss stuff. Don't worry. I'm, I, I understand all of that. But they got on the board early because of that. And then, oh, this is great. This is great because in the second inning, and I was, you know, nobody responded too well to this. But we've been trying to come up with a nickname for that three-guard lineup. And the way that the players have talked about it, they're basically saying, it's up to you. We're not going to decide what that is. We're not even going to tell you what the nickname for the lineup should be. You guys figure that out. We don't care. We got playoffs to focus on. But I had to come up with a nickname for something for Brandon Belt. And this dude looks comfortable at the plate. And for Captain Crunch number four, he got it in the second inning. Two and one the count. High in the air. Deep to right field. And happy birthday, second deck. Brandon Belt with a tape measure shot. Four nothing Giants. That is his fourth home run already this year. Credit NBC Sports Bay Area for the audio. The Captain Crunch. That's the name for Brandon Belt home runs. You don't like it? Sorry. That's just it. It's the nickname. No other suggestions. The Captain Crunch, baby. He got number four on the season. Man, Brandon Belt has looked just as confident at the plate as he was last season. Prior to when he got hurt... You know, there were a couple of there was a there was a time in the middle of the year when he was out, then he came back, and he just looked like a totally different player. And right now, this dude is batting two eighty two. He's got his four home runs, and he's got a one point oh one nine OPS, which is your on base percentage plus your slugging percentage. So anything over one is fantastic. So a one point oh one eight, man, he is just seeing the ball so well right now. And last year, we talked so much about this Giants lineup. Why are they having this type of year? Why are these older guys having career years? And Gabe Kapler, guys like Dave Fleming, who would join the Morning Roast Weekly, they would constantly talk about that A-swing. Finding your A-swing. Meaning, you're going to wait to get your pitch to hit. And the only time that you're gonna swing is when you can get off an A swing. You're not gonna you're not gonna half ass your swing is essentially what they were saying. The one pitch that you can find in the at bat where you can get a good swing off, that's the one you gotta get to. And Brandon Belt has been seeing the ball so well this year. That A swing feels like he swings nothing but A swings. 
Some guys are going to whiff here and there. You know, you play the guessing game and, you know, you, you go chasing pitches. And that's happened with Brandon Belt. It happens with everybody. But it doesn't happen as often as it used to in the confidence that he's playing with right now. Brandon Beltman has been awesome for this lineup. It's good to see Mike Yastrzemski uh, getting a couple of hits in yesterday's game, too. It looks like he's getting more comfortable. Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson has been on a tear lately. At the beginning of his time with the Giants, I thought, oh, man, I mean, if, if you're not getting him, I mean, if you're not getting him something, uh, getting something from him on offense, then, then what's his value here? I mean, he did make a nice play in left yesterday. And, you know, I don't want to, I also omitted, and I'm sorry I did this, but I omitted Wilmer Flores' catch at the end of the game uh, to save a couple of runs. I did omit that from the bullpen talk. I'm sorry. Just wanted to make sure I got that out there as I made uh, made note of a nice defensive play that Jock Peterson made. Wilbur Flores made the nicest uh, defensive play yesterday. But in the second game, he went 0-4 for 4 in the day of the doubleheader. But prior to that, had that home run. He was 1-3 for 3. in Cleveland. He was, what was he? He was 4-9 for 9 overall with seven total bases and also a home run. So it's not just the home run, but he's been getting on a variety of ways. I like what Jock Peterson has been doing. He's been getting more comfortable at the plate lately. Uh, Brandon Crawford, he's hit or miss right now, which a lot of guys are in baseball, no pun intended. Uh, But Brandon Crawford, he gets a hit every now and then, but he's not doing it with much consistency. You're not going to see a lot of multi-hit games from Crawford at this point. And then Joey Bart in yesterday's game, he went 0-4, and he had 3Ks. The thing with Bart is it feels like he's getting deep into counts, and when he gets that 2-1 or that 3-1 off-speed pitch, he swings the hell out of the bat. Then he ends up missing it, and then when he gets to you know, a 3-2 count, it kind of feels like he's playing the guessing game, because yesterday in his third strikeout of the game, he gets it deep into the count, then the pitcher gives him a fastball, and he's late on the fastball. So I don't know what's going on with Joey Bart right now. I like his plate discipline. I really do. He's looked a lot more patient at the plate. But now that patience has to turn into execution, and you're just not seeing it from Joey Bart right now. I don't think that this is who he is. Again, I'm really liking the patience that I'm seeing from him. Already walked five times this year compared to the three walks that he had in the entirety of the 2020 season. And four of those walks came very early this year, too. So you're not seeing him walk as much. So I I don't know what it is with Joey Bart. I want to see him pick it up, but right now he's got his average uh, down to a 207 uh, with only a 772 OPS. So you do want to see that pick up. But a good win overall for the Giants. Um, and I actually think that this series with the Mets, I know it's really early in the season, and there's going to be a fight within the National League to get a wild card spot. I know they expanded the amount of teams from 10 to 12, but uh, 12 teams in the postseason. But man, if the Giants do manage to make it and they can get in a series with the Mets, I think that'd be a very fun playoff series. But that's way down the line, way down the line. But you got two good rotations, you got a lot of power in their lineup. Whereas the Giants have some timely hitting, I think it'd be a I think it'd be a lot of fun. I really do if they if these two manage to meet uh, in the playoffs. But let's move off of baseball. A good win overall. Luckily, they didn't get that. Uh, they didn't lose that third game and ultimately lose the series because they do have the fourth game this morning. Actually, at ten ten, so an early day game in New York uh, on this Thursday. But let's get to some basketball because. Last night, we had some action within the Eastern Conference. Joel Embiid with a master class. But I do want to just get to, uh, get a quick recap in. And I want to play some sound for you. Because this is why the Warriors are so fortunate with their veterans. Because of the mindset that they have heading into these, ga- these next two games in Denver. I think the sound that I'm going to play should make you appreciate the fact that we got these veterans on the team who have been there before. We'll get to all that next. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Stephen Lankford in with you. Hope you are staying, staying safe on the road. I would say to weigh in on whatever we're going to talk about today. Coming up, I want to get into some basketball. What happened last night? And then I wanted to get to some sound from Draymond Green, a part of his podcast. Clay Thompson, who spoke to the media after practice yesterday. I just love the mindset that they're in going into this third game against the Nuggets, which you got tonight, tip time, at uh, at 7 o'clock. So I do want to get to some basketball. The latest with Debo Samuel, because the way that we talked about it yesterday on the last half of this show, well, there's something totally different going on that I don't think we expected. So we'll get to that, because there's a lot of... There's a lot of contradictory going on within the Debo Samuel situation, so I do want to get to that as well. Uh, but last night, I mean, you had some you had some good games. These series within the Eastern Conference, I don't think Celtics Nets is over yet. The Nets ended up losing again, and the Celtics beat them one fourteen to one oh seven. Just great team defense on Kevin Durant. Great team defense from the Celtics on KD. Granted, he had some open looks, but at the same time, the Celtics are not making it easy on him. They're kind of forcing Kyrie Irving to beat him, and then with Kevin Durant only going 4 of 17, he had 27 points, but 18 of those were made at the free throw line. It was 18 for 20 on free throws, which is just crazy. But Kyrie Irving, 10 points on 13 shots. He only took one three-pointer. But Boston was also nailing it later on in the game, just as far as offense goes. Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart with the big layup at the end of the game, staring at his hand, actually creating one of the funnier pictures with uh, with Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown. Uh, but I don't think that series is over yet. Still got to go back to Brooklyn, but Boston ended up taking a two uh, a two nothing series lead with that one. Then the night game, you had the Bulls taking over the Bucks one fourteen to one ten, taking one in Milwaukee as they head back to Chicago. Demar Derozan was awesome; he had forty one points and seven rebounds and four assists. But the issue from that game, and this is, I mean, we've. It's a, they always call it the battle of attrition, right? Who's the most healthy by the end of this series? You're already seeing a Mavs team playing without Luka. They're playing against the Jazz. You're already seeing a Suns team against the Pelicans that's going to be missing Devin Booker for games three and four. And that's just the minimum. We don't even know if he could be missing any more time. And now the Bucks have suffered their own injury. Chris Middleton 
sprained his MCL yesterday. He's getting an MRI today, so we're going to await an update on that. Uh, but nevertheless, the Bulls, they, 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 they almost gave up that lead. And Bobby Portis was out uh, also from this game. But they almost blew the lead there. The Bulls did. The Bucks started to make a run toward the end of the fourth quarter, but DeMar DeRozan ended up being too much, putting him up by five with about 18 seconds left. So 114-110 to 110 was the final there. And then yesterday, with this series, the Raptors, even with... A healthy and I, and I you mentioned Scotty Barnes when talking about guys who have been hurt. Scotty Barnes ended up getting hurt for the Raptors, the rookie in Game One against the Sixers. And I don't think anyone expected the series to be close anyway. I mean, it is the Raptors; they got that experience. Uh, but man, the Sixers—they got this guy, Joel Embiid. Embiid, way outside near the arc. Green, they angles up toward the rim. It gives Embiid a turn. Got And that was from NBA TV, Joel Embiid in overtime with a second left. Hits the turnaround jumper to score the basketball. And it was from three. 104 to 101 as the Raptors were competitive and sent it into overtime. Uh, But Joel Embiid, man, I don't know how he does it. You know, I understand you you gotta respect the old school, right? You don't want to say Joel Embiid is one of the best centers to ever exist. But this dude, with how big he is, the skill set that he has, I don't know how many of the centers from the past, the greats that we talk about, you know, the Shaqs, Bill Russells, the Wilt Chamberlains, all those guys. I mean, I know they were fantastic, and I'm not trying to say that Joel Embiid's better than them. But... Or put him in a higher ranking than them, and you know, and put him in the top 75. I'm not saying any of that. But it's hard to imagine, because there's got to be longevity, right? But there's it's hard to imagine a center from back in the day hitting a turnaround three-pointer to win the game at the buzzer. It's hard to see that happening. What Joel Embiid does, is he's just a, he's just a marvel to watch. And I remember back in, I think it was 2000, I think it was 2012, when I went to see uh, the Warriors, it was at Oracle Arena, and they were playing uh, the Magic, and this was my first time seeing Dwight Howard. Seeing him in person, he just looked like the bigger human out of everyone on the floor, and he was taking advantage. I think he scored 32 points in the game that I went to. But what Joel Embiid is doing as a big man at that size, I can't imagine what it's like trying to guard that man. I really can't. Not only that, you got Tyrese Maxey, who's also been very good for the Sixers. Tobias Harris, they got a good starting five. Uh, And Danny Green getting this technical, which really frustrated Embiid and Harden. You don't normally see uh, the guys on the same team having to pull that guy back in frustration and start yelling at him. I mean, you see it happen with the Warriors, but they just more hold back Draymond Green so he doesn't do anything. These guys were legitimately frustrated at Danny Green, wondering what he's doing getting a technical. Good win by the Sixers. They make it a 3-0 series, and uh, it is all but over for them and the Raptors as they're going to move on to the next round. Now, I do just want to get to the Warriors and the Nuggets, and I do want to circle back uh, toward the end of the show to preview a little bit of this series. But I wanted to play some clips for you because you also got the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. They're going to be the first game on the TNT doubleheader, and rightfully so. I think the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies were on NBA TV last time. It's like, no, you got to put these guys on TNT. You could have Jazz and Mavs. You could put them on NBA TV. You don't need to put Timberwolves Grizzlies on that channel where it's hard to find. But Anthony Edwards was not worried about that loss in Memphis because of how confident that he was going back home, right? And that's the type of leadership that you want. But I don't know if he'd have this type of mindset when going on the road. Because when I heard guys like Clay say this when talking about 
uh, going to this uh, going to this game up 2-0. Playoffs are tricky because you know the emotions run high when you win, and they run low when you lose. So it's just important to stay even keeled and realize it's about winning 16, not winning. Doing our not doing what we're supposed to do and take the first two at home, protecting home court and respecting your opponent, having appropriate fear, knowing that they're more than capable of evening out the series if we don't come in and do our jobs. And I just uh, tell these young guys, most importantly, to enjoy this and appreciate the everyday doings of being an NBA player because um, nothing's guaranteed in this business. So that was Clay Thompson and his message to Jordan Poole within the playoffs. Like, it's all about the 16. It's not just about this series. And this series ain't over yet. And then Draymond, in his podcast, he let it off because he had plenty of things to say, which we will get to later in the show. But he started it off saying, look, I know we won those first two games. It was great. But the cliche of the series doesn't start until one of the teams wins on the road, it may be a cliche, but it's true. So they're not going to get complacent going into this game. They're not going to think that Denver's just a pushover because of the way that they have handled them these past two games. It could look totally different when they're back in Denver. Although, Denver, very odd. Much better on the road than they are at home. And it doesn't have anything to do, when when they're playing on the road, those wins, it doesn't have anything to do with their advanced analytics. There's nothing crazy that jumps out with what they do. They just managed to get wins on the road. And then at home, they appear to be terrible defensively. So I want to see the Warriors' offense take over there. But Draymond said that, look, we're treating it like it's still a 0-0 series. As if we're going to play game one and we need to get this win out the way. We're not even thinking about these wins at home. That's what you're supposed to do. So he understands that. And I think that's why the Warriors benefit so greatly from this type of leadership. And why... Guys, like, I always go back to Tony Allen, for example, when he joined the morning roast. And Tony Allen is just one name among many who we've asked this question to. But when Clay was out and we didn't know what they were going to look like when they'd come back, and the Warriors were playing the Grizzlies one time, we had Tony Allen on, and he said, Look, this Warrior team, you never count them out of winning a championship when they've still got Steph, Clay, and Dre around. And a lot of people, they, they, they kind of looked at Tony Allen and they thought, what? I mean, this, this guy's coming back from an injury. Draymond's still getting older. Steph Curry, we don't know if he's going to be the same Steph. He said, look, it doesn't matter. Their championship experience and their championship pedigree, it goes a long way in the playoffs. And I think there's something to that that really, as fans, we can't quite grasp. Because we're not actually playing within the NBA. We think we do. But there are certain things that these veteran guys can bring to these younger players. And that's why the Warriors have been successful this year. And that's why I think they're primed to go for a, for a deep playoff run if they stay healthy. Like, I'm feeling really good about where this team is at right now. But those are just a couple examples right there. These guys aren't making anything of the first two games. You could be going nuts about this three-guard lineup, which we all are, already comparing it to the death lineup and the Hamptons five lineup. But they know that it's just a small sample size. And any lead can slip away just like that. So I am very thankful that those guys are on this team right now because that's the type of leadership that they need. All right. 888-957-9570. That's the Xfinity Mobile text line and the phone number. And please, if you are driving in San Francisco, just don't text in. Don't go, don't go on your phone. Focus on the road. Two hands on the wheel, please. My goodness. It was It was brutal driving out there. I care about your safety, okay? Not trying to be demanding. I just care about you. That's it. I care about you if you're listening. But I want to get to this Debo Samuel situation because we talked about it at the same time yesterday and there have been some new developments. Debo saying some of it is untrue, but I want to play a couple of clips for you. We got a bunch of sound to get to, but the guy who broke the news, Jeff Dar- Jar- Jeff Darlington... The guy who broke the news, Jeff Darlington, he was on ESPN yesterday, and I got to play the clip for you because there's just so much contradiction going on. I don't even know what to think. We'll get to all that next. Stephen Langford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game.
Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Hope you are staying safe on the road this morning. As we have had a fun show so far, talked a little Giants baseball to start off the program. They are back this morning, actually, at 10.10 a.m. So a day game in New York turns into a morning game in California. 10.10 a.m., the Giants are back at it. And then the A's lose uh, 1-0 to the Baltimore Orioles. But we also got some basketball that we talked about. A lot of action in the Eastern Conference. The Celtics beat the Nets 114-107. to Just unbelievable defense, especially in that fourth quarter. I think there was like a... There was like a seven-minute stretch where the Nets scored one point. I could be going hyperbolic with that, but it felt like it was seven minutes where they only had one point. Uh, the Sixers end up beating the Raptors in OT off of a Joel Embiid turnaround three-pointer to win 104-101. to they take the ser- they're, they're taking the series here. Uh, they're up 3-0. Then the Bulls beat the Bucks 114-110 to in Milwaukee. Series is tied 1-1 as that heads back to Chicago. And then tonight, you got the Warriors and the Nuggets at 7 o'clock. But the game before that on TNT is the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. Going to be interesting. Back in Minnesota with the series tied 1-1 there. Then the series for the Jazz and the Mavericks. I know the Mavs look good against the Jazz in their win the last time, but uh, without Luka Doncic, I just don't see the Mavs even winning that series. And now they're back in Utah. So those game ones for both Utah and Minnesota, uh, very important that they got those wins in game one. But Warriors Nuggets, most importantly, tonight, game three. We'll see if the Warriors can go up 3-0 and continue on the run that they're on. We will get back to the Warriors, but I got to get to some football here because this Debo Samuel saga has taken a turn in which I hadn't expected. I really thought this was all talk because the tweets that I saw coming out, it was all done through social media, everything in terms of reporting for this. And the way that it was done were random tweets from guys who work for other teams who are saying this is what's going to happen with Debo Samuel, but the tweets weren't formulate, formula, formulated like a like a regular insider type of tweet. You know, there's a format. They, there's like a template that they go by, right? They always have the sources say, or I'm being told, whatever. We didn't really get much of that with Debo. So I thought, okay, the guy wants to get paid. Rightfully so. Does he want to get paid like Stefan Diggs? Just because he posted on Twitter some tweet that just said, well, look at that. When looking at Diggs' contract, does he want the same contract as Diggs? Whatever, then we're going to a back and forth about it. But even as we are, you know, just being two dogs who are barking at each other with no end in sight... In the end, I thought, you know what? Debo's going to get signed. I think this is ju- ju- all just overblown. We're going crazy because we got nothing to worry about in this offseason. But then yesterday, we had some new developments after this show because we reacted to the Bobby Thompson tweet yesterday, which felt, at the time, like more of a just a reaction to what Adam Schefter had to say on ESPN because Adam Schefter said the 49ers want to pay Debo. It's Debo who doesn't want the 49ers to pay him so the ball's in Debo's court so to speak and then Jeff Darlington for ESPN who's a reporter followed it up because when we saw the the Adam Schefter thing we just thought okay he's just trying to he's just trying to stir something up here you know he hasn't talked to Debo he doesn't know what Debo really thinks well Jeff Darlington on ESPN yesterday he reported this on Twitter and then he went went on to say it on TV. Here's Jeff Darlington on SportsCenter yesterday. Debo Samuel just told me not long ago that he has indeed requested a trade from the 49ers. He did not want to expound on the reasons at this point, but he made very clear to me that he wants to be done with the organization in San Francisco and he wants to find a new team. This, by the way, on the cusp of his final year of his four-year contract, he was a second-round pick, so he doesn't have that fifth-year option. He he wants to be paid like one of these top-tier wide receivers. Now, we don't know what San Francisco was ultimately willing to offer him, but... 
put all of that aside because Samuel has made it known to the organization he no longer wants to be there. He wants to join another team. He wants to be traded. So there's that. And some of his report was said no specific details. But as it goes, when there's one report, as reporters do and, and, and journalists do, they try and do a little more reporting. And then it turns out, and this was reported by NFL Network, that he's having an issue with them wanting him to play in that role that he played post-week 10. Which was, hey, we're going we're gonna to give you carries. That's essentially what it was. We're going to move you to running back on certain plays. We're going to do it out of the shotgun for the most part. And you're just going to run right through people because that's where your strength is. This is going to change our team. And in my opinion, it did. I didn't think we were giving Debo nearly enough credit. And when all the Jimmy Garoppolo talk was going on, you know, whether Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback or not, comparing him to other quarterbacks, look at his win-loss record, all that stuff. And then Debo came out and, and backed him up. I'm thinking, man, Debo, you got to give yourself some credit. You were a big reason for a lot of those wins last year. And you were also a big reason for a near win in Tennessee when they're facing the Titans. Do you remember that? On the 49ers' final possession, Debo had this long run to get them within field goal range to give them a chance. So Debo's got to give himself a lot more credit there. That's what I was thinking at the time. And I believe he deserves to get paid. I really do. But when I heard Jeff Darlington say, Debo Samuel told me he has officially requested a trade, I was 50% shocked. Like, this is real? Okay. But at the same time, I get it. Because it, it feels very simple to me as far as the negotiations that are going on. Like, it doesn't have to be all that complicated like from my view from my point of view and I'm not sure how you're feeling about it if you'd like to weigh in with your thoughts on this Debo Samuel situation 888-957-9570 that's the Xfinity mobile text line and the phone number but again I implore you to not use your phone if you're driving in the rain like please do not use your phone in the car at all Try not to. If you really want to get a takeout, pull over to the side of the road and then give us a call here at 888-957-9570. But be safe out there. That's the number one thing. I can talk for the next 13 minutes. Don't you worry about that. But if you'd like to weigh in, please feel free. But when I saw that he requested a trade, I was 50% shocked. But at the same time, I thought the negotiations were just this simple. Debo wants to get paid because the 49ers want to put him in that hybrid role where they're giving him carries and he's having to take these hits that running backs take. The reason running backs don't get paid as much as they do is just because teams are unwilling to do that considering the injuries. Considering that they are getting beat up on every single carry that they go with. So I mean, it doesn't matter which player you are. You are going to get hit as a running back. So you're just thinking, you know what? There's so many of them coming in. We can find you know, a diamond in the rough, so to speak. I mean, Elijah Mitchell was that guy uh, for the 49ers. Raheem Mostert was that guy for the 49ers. Matt Breida was even that guy back in 2019, too. Like, you could find these types of dudes without having to pay them big money. That's why, or that's why running backs don't make that much. But when it comes to wide receivers, it's a different story. And when you want to run this guy in a hybrid role, and he's saying, look, if you're going to do that, you got to pay me more. And I need more of a guarantee. I only got one shot at this. This is my uh, this is my second contract. I'm not going to be like these other guys with Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs. I'm not going to assume that I can get there to my second contract and I'm going to continue playing because you never know what can happen. Of course, we hope Debo can play for a very long time. But when you have the opportunity to get paid, you take it. And that's what he wants to do. And I don't blame Debo for that. But at the same time, I look at the 49ers and what they're doing with him as a running back. He changed everything on the offense when he was a running back. You know, like that's, that's, really, that's really it. <laughs> like they changed everything from week 10 on 
Just go and look at the numbers. Look at how much they were dominating in the last half of the season. They were doing that because the defense had no idea what was coming. Just to add something completely different to the defense and when they're studying for the week during the week prior. Debo totally changed that offense when he turned into a running back. Is he the most effective when he's just in a wide receiver role? Is the and not just him because he can be. He was putting up some fantastic numbers in the air last year. That's I'm not trying to take anything away from that. But is the overall offense less predictable with Debo when he's at running back compared to when he's at wide receiver? Yes. Now, you're going to have a new quarterback, and that can change everything. I do wonder how much that has to play into it, too. I do. I think that uh, I think that Trey Lance and Debo, they haven't worked out down in SoCal. He's been working out with everybody else. Trey Lance has. You know, you're seeing Brandon Ayuk and Jawan Jennings and those guys prior to these voluntary off-season workouts that the teams organize. They were working out together, but Debo wasn't there. As a matter of fact, I actually saw this uh, yesterday. Debo is with, uh, he was hanging out with DeAndre Hopkins. Pretty cool. Um, DeAndre Hopkins from the Cardinals. Now everyone tries to go forward and say all this different stuff. Oh, he's going to the Cardinals. No, he's not. Like, stop it. They're just hanging out. It's cool. It's fine. But the thing that got me yesterday about this whole thing, as we're getting your calls in here, the two people on hold, stay on hold. 888-957-9570 is the phone number. I'll get to you in just a second. But I heard that from Jeff Darlington. And he said, straight up, Debo Samuel told me he requested a trade. It wasn't a reporter putting words into Debo's mouth. It was, hey, Debo is giving me this information, and I'm relaying this information to you. And then Debo tweeted this out. He ended up deleting it. This was at about 3.20 yesterday. Reporters' jobs are to make stories only people know the truth about. Situation The situation is 49ers, my agent, and Debo Samuel. Those are the only people that know the truth about the situation. The reporter's job is to make stories. But reporters don't just say, oh yeah, an athlete told me this, when it's just a bullface lie. And then he deleted that tweet. So who knows what's true? Who knows what's true? I I really have no clue where to go with this whole thing. What can they get for Debo? Well, we'll get to all those details of what they want in just a second, but let's go to the callers here at 888-957-9570. All right, first caller, this is how you do it. If I respond back to you as you're calling in, that means that you are on the air because I can't take I can't take these calls unless it's during a commercial break. So I'm going to go to caller number one. What is your name? Where are you calling from? Good morning. This is uh, Eric from Oakland. Ah, Eric in Oakland. I already knew your voice when you said good morning. How you doing, man? Good to hear from you. <laughs> Man, after that gut punch yesterday, I don't know how I feel today, to be honest with you. I mean, Devo yeah. is a homegrown product. You know, he's one of us. He's, he's the fun guy. You know, he's a franchise, uh, positionless type of uh, player. You know, he's, he's, he's essentially, you know, Mr. Joker back there. He could do anything. But, you know, I, I understand uh, where he's coming from. You know, the, the, the shelf life of a running back these days is, is not that long. You know, and the average, I think the average life of a uh, lifespan of a of an NFL player is three years. When you're a running back with a heavy load, it's even I mean, to be honest with you, I can't I, I can't be mad at him, you know? And right. and the thing is he's had one good year because of injury and we all know that. But the question is, what is he as a wide receiver? Like we don't know what he really is as a wide receiver because Jimmy wasn't the best quarterback. He you know, he didn't give him all the opportunities. He didn't, you know, put the ball where it had to be and, and let him move and let him, you know, get those yards. So Niners until you know Shanahan's system had to figure out a way to use him and, and using him as a running back, end of rounds or whatever it was. And as you remember, towards the end of the season, we had a lot of injuries back there. We had players on COVID, we had players hurt, and this and that. So a lot of it was situational. Um, I, I feel bad for the man. I, I still feel like he should get paid. Um, I don't know what that number is, but at the same time, it's like. You're one of us, man. Don't don't lose the fan base because if the fan base turns on you, it's hard to get him back. It really is. And and sometimes I just wonder, you know, is the culture right for him here in San Francisco? Right. He's a southern kid and, and 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 you know, maybe he feels homesick, maybe he's got all these boys and his family out there and stuff, so that could be a part of it. The other thing is really fast is his brother's gotta stay off of Instagram, man. Don't poison Devo's chance at, at redeeming anything or, or keeping the fan base because if you're talking about him going to the Cowboys or this and that, 
all that's going to do is just create poison. And uh, just, you know, good luck to Devo. I hope he gets paid and and have a great morning, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Eric. And if you're not thinking that this is real, well, there's a reason that this is happening when you got the draft in a week. When the draft starts on the 28th, starts next Thursday. Like, there's a reason why this is coming out now. It's all... This is all calculated, and this is why it's so fascinating uh, with all the with how teams and how they build their teams and how they work around contracts. That's why we talk about this stuff so much because it's real. It's not. I mean, this isn't just some reporter saying, "Oh yeah, this is what I think is going to happen." No, Debo has legitimately requested this trade. Now, what it's looking like here is that twenty five million is the asking price, and I'm thinking twenty five mil a year. I could do that. I mean, I, I don't know what the salary cap is looking like. There's got to be a reason here as well when it comes to them not wanting to pay him more than, uh, excuse me, wanting to pay him less than what he wants. There's got to be looking down the line, looking down the next few years, something that we don't see where they got to pay this guy, they got to pay that guy, Nick Bosa being one of those guys. Oh, I'm, we're going to have to pay Trey Lance toward the end of his rookie contract, which just... it. it that's why it doesn't make much sense to me about with Garoppolo and what's going on there. Like you play Trey Lance because you want to see what you can get and if this if this guy's worth it when you uh, when you pay him a contract down the line. Is there reasoning from there? Is there something on the defense that they're seeing? I really I really wonder. I really do wonder what's going on here. But I can't say that I really blame either side and because the 49ers are just exponentially better on offense when Debo is a running back. It's it's just that simple. So I get it. They want to maximize their offense. But also, it's Debo Samuel. You know? I mean, you got to pay this guy. You got to pay this guy to keep him on your team. This dude was was repeating it yesterday at this time. He was the heartbeat of that team. He was. He was essentially he was the face of that team. There was too much polarization around Jimmy Garoppolo. There was two. You couldn't make him the face of the team. And Kyle Shanahan, everyone had their back and forth about Kyle Shanahan. But Debo Samuel, I think we could all could come to an agreement. Not only did 49er fans was he universally loved, but it, within the NFL, people loved Debo. You want that guy on your team. And as fans, I totally understand if you're just saying, "Look, I don't care what the salary cap looks like. You got to pay this guy." I totally understand that too. All right, let's go to the next caller here at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. What's your name? Where are you calling from? What's up, man? It's Jose from the 408. What's going on? Um, I just want to, man, I, I just think uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan uh, let this get out of hand. I think it's too late now to backtrack. I, I love Debo, man, but I really think he's gone. Um, he's the type of player we need on the team. I don't know if you remember last year when we lost that game against the Rams. He was crushed. He was the last person to leave the field. You know, we need guys like that. We need guys that care like that. And, and, you know, leave it all out on the field. But I just feel like it's too late now. He's gone, man. He he was a uh, diamond in the rough. They found him coming out of uh, South Carolina, wherever he was from. But uh, he's gone, man. He feels disrespected. I, I just feel like we lost him. Appreciate the phone. Oh, Doug. I pre- appreciate the phone call, man. Yeah, you know, I, it's tough. It's tough. I'll tell you what, if the trade ends up happening, YouTube in the Bay Area is going to be popping off. You know how many college highlights we're all going to be trying to watch leading up to the draft? Who we get in the first round? Who we get in the second round? I think he could be traded for a first and a second rounder. I wouldn't put it past them to ask for that type of price. Hey, we're not going to pay him Devontae Adams' money, but we're at least going to get, and we're at least going to receive what the Raiders traded for Devontae Adams. I could see the 49ers doing that. I could see it happening. I could see teams being that desperate. Uh, the Jets and the Texans uh, looking like the, the couple of teams that are high on the radar of 49er trades, which is just insane. All right. We'll continue to share those developments, but we got a Game 3 tonight. Warriors versus Nuggets. I think what I'm going to be watching out for is when that small ball lineup comes in, and if the game's close, what they're going to do with it in the fourth quarter because they haven't really shown, they haven't needed to have a closing lineup in this game. I mean, the games have already been blowouts by the time that the end of the game comes around. It's garbage time. They haven't had a closing lineup. Their closing lineup has been Damian Lee, Moses Moody, and Jonathan Kaminga. 
So I want to see what it looks like if it's a close game. But when six minutes hits at the end of the first half and you get that three-guard lineup, you know you're about to watch something special. I think Denver uh, is going to... I think the Nuggets fans have no idea what they're in for. As a matter of fact, if they lose this game, Nuggets fans are going to be already moving on. They're not going to worry about the playoffs. They're not going to worry about the Nuggets anymore. They are going to be all transferring over to hockey, getting ready for Avs hockey, because the Avalanche are the top of the Western Conference, at least last time that I checked. So they're hoping to see a Stanley Cup final to move on from basketball when they didn't expect to win this series in the first place without Jamal Murray and MPJ. But you got the Warriors back tonight. Andre Guadala is probable. We'll see if he comes back to this game. We'll see what happens with Steph, whether he comes off the bench, how that's all going to go. But it's going to be a fun game, man. It's going to be a fun game. Back toward, I mean, it's playoffs. It's playoffs. You got Timberwolves, Grizzlies at the beginning. That's the start on TNT. The Nuggets and the Warriors are the second game. And then sandwiched in between it, the Jazz and the Mavs on NBA TV. You got the Giants playing the Mets this morning at 10-10. So some morning baseball. Got to love that. And then the A's are also playing a day game. They're against the Orioles. Uh, that's today at 12-30. So a lot of sports that we got to watch throughout the day, but most importantly, listen right here to 95.7 The Game. The Morning Roast with Bonte Hill, Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky. You got me and producer Sam Lubin behind the glass. Thank you so much, everyone, for participating in today's show. And as always, go sports. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 